0: So I, I think to, to bring it all back, finding your passion, huge. Have some grace as you go down the journey of discovering what that is. Because if you would have asked me, you know, when I was 23, what am I passionate about? I, like, I don't know. <laughs> How do I figure that out? I, I like doing stuff and I, I don't know what it is yet. Just look towards it and it'll come to you. Like figure out what you don't want to do, right? And have some grace as you're figuring that out. And then having that vision of where you want to go, painting it and working towards it. And chopping it up to bite size, like bring it back ten years to three year to one year to quarterly to what do I got to What's the most important thing I got to do today to to get to where I want to go? And and then as you as you go on the journey and and stuff happens, which it will. Just keep in mind that 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 quote from our buddy Deepak that ninety five percent of those obstacles are perceived; the other five percent are just waiting to be converted to an opportunity when you're ready.
1: And, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: and that, that is, I guess that I would sum up that that would be the, <laughs> I don't know that that would be wisdom, but that, that, has been what my journey has been that, that I would offer is uh, uh, to share with, with anybody that would want to, that would find value in listening. Hey, this is Tony Chiappetta from AMC Modern IT. And you're listening to the Traveling Optimist podcast with Steve Odie.
1: Greetings to all you fellow optimists, searchers of hope and beautiful seekers of the light at the end of the tunnel. It's time for another episode of The Travelling Optimist. Thank you so much for listening. Today, my friends, we have the incredible Tony Chiappetta, Southern California's guru of IT, an all-round cool human being in the virtual house of optimists, Now, if you had to make a business decision that you knew could mean losing over 200 clients and some great staff along the way, would you do it? I think that if we did a poll asking this question, there would probably be a fairly high number of us that would say, no, what the hell are you thinking, Steve? But my guest today, Tony Chiappetta, had to make that huge decision. He had to re-engineer his business to save it and to save him too. And what's most interesting about Tony is that from an early age, when he sets a goal... He goes all in to achieve that goal and this is a conversation about his story and what he did to lift his business and ultimately his life from being in chaos to a place where his vision is aligned with his team and more importantly his clients. You can feel the happiness flowing out of Tony as he shares uh, with us his strategy to achieve this synergistic philosophy and I think this is one of the most insightful conversations I've had so far on the podcast and I'm so grateful to Tony for sharing his story. So this is me and Tony Chiapetta talking about his life, setting the goal of studying at the University of Southern California and then having to tell his parents he didn't want to become a doctor, setting up his business at the tender age of 23, making some really tough decisions, and he talks openly about his learnings along the way. It's a conversation with a man who truly believed that what he was doing would bring balance to his business, his life, and importantly to his staff and clients. It's what really great leadership looks like. But ultimately, this is about a guy from Southern California who has found that by being dedicated to serving his clients and his team, and by doing something you really love, it will bring you infinite rewards. Okay, let's do the show. All right, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is Steve Odie, traveling optimist, and welcome to the show, Tony Chiappetta, all the way from California. How are you, Tony? I am happy. <laughs> That's how I am. I'm- really glad to be here steve that is so great absolutely of course um listeners can't see your face but it's good. you've got this huge smile on your face and i think it must be something to do with the california sunshine i know we mentioned that earlier
0: uh I, well thank you I, I, you're making me feel like i'm glowing now i appreciate that
1: oh yeah absolutely um so we were introduced by justin breen like he's he's like the uh galactic networking interconnector of of people around the globe isn't he uh and
0: he's also got one of the coolest personalities you'll ever meet uh my favorite thing hearing justin say is um you can't tell right now because my face but this is my excited face (laughs) and it's it's the same face with every other (laughs) expression he makes he's such an awesome guy and he's just packed with power and and like this raw natural talent he just Owns and he knows what is he's great at and he just uh, and he just does that so well and he's just a pleasure to be around so super yeah. excited about using his power of connectivity to to be connected with you Steve
1: absolutely no and and thank you so much for uh, coming on the show I really appreciate it um, now you're in California whereabouts in
0: California are you I'm right outside of Los Angeles um, about thirty minutes east in a little city called San Dimas quaint little community tucked up against the foothills uh of Southern California.
1: Oh, it looks nice. I mean, I had a little look at the map before uh before coming on air. And um uh you've got the is it Angeles National Park up on right on your doorstep.
0: As well as and I don't know how familiar you are with the American culture, but uh Bill and Ted's excellent adventure uh centered around San Dimas, California. So there is a potential for a time warp uh of our podcast, just just be aware.
1: That, that'll bring uh, me back so. to my uh, teenage years. Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> they're doing it, They're doing a sequel, aren't they? Or have they, they already done it? They did. I think it was actually a third. <laughs> oh, really? It was a third, oh, yeah. God, I'm so out of touch. Um, my kids oh, loved so cool. it. Mm. I, yeah. I'm sure they did. Um, Sandima sounds really nice, actually. Uh, so, is it sort of uh, you, you're you're 30 minutes away from the city, as it were? But is it very countryfied? How how what's it like out there?
0: It, so. If you go down the street, they, they just redid it. It still had a western theme because this was where one of the original Pony Expresses was, not too far away. Right. Um we're thirty minutes from downtown LA, thirty minutes from uh snow in the mountains, if thirty minutes, thirty minutes from the beach. It like we're in this wonderful place and um you have the opportunity and while it is busy and there's traffic, small price to pay for the beauty that is Southern California.
1: Oh, that's awesome. No, so it sounds great, actually. My my wife uh, has been to California several times. She loves it. I've never been that far west, actually, in the states. So um, I, I think I'm due a trip once we can start flying. I'll uh, I'll, I'll message you and we'll we'll come out and see you.
0: <laughs> I could I could show you a spot or two. I think uh, I think you'd really enjoy it out here. Still.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have you always lived in California?
0: I was born in Wisconsin.
1: Okay, so where? It, so. so that's well, that's even further east, isn't it?
0: That's in the Midwest yeah. uh, by the Great Lakes uh, uh, really we, uh, I was born in a, a small city called Racine, which is right off of Lake Michigan. Um, and so like there's it's interesting because there's my parents were both born and raised there and so they have this Midwestern mentality of there's very kind uh, people oriented uh, very empathetic. And and it's kind of a trip because in California, there's a little bit more of a wall that that comes up that, yeah. you know, you, you hold the door open for somebody because that's just how you were raised. And some people are kind of like, well, what do you want? It's like just to be a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> so like, well, come on in. No, you, you don't owe me a thing. Feels good. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it was interesting because it like navigating through that upbringing to be in a little bit more of a, um, a walled off environment for some people. It, there are there, some challenges getting accustomed to that I would say growing up but but uh grew up in Wisconsin for about eight years and came out here and been here ever since uh, so for quite a while now mm. uh, more more than a uh coming up on a, a few decades
1: so did you move to california so you, your mom or dad got a job out there
0: yeah so my my dad worked for um one of the large manufacturers in in racing. And, uh, he actually was in it before he got into more of the business management. So he would travel a lot. He was a very, like, he got a job when he was 16 at this place. Uh, and before that he, he was, you know, at like eight years old, he was delivering newspapers to, to buy coal. He grew up pretty on, on a pretty low income family. And yeah. so he would, he would, he would get a job so he could have coal so he could be warm in the winter, right. And get up and go deliver papers and freezing. Wisconsin's very cold, a lot of snow. And uh, at 16, he got a job at at the manufacturer. And then uh, when I was in about fourth grade, they moved us back and forth twice, actually. And uh, they said they wanted us to move back to California. And he was about 36, or back to Wisconsin. He was 36, and he came, and we had a family vote, and we said we like it here, Dad. <laughs> and so he had 20 years in. He retired from there and kind of started uh, a new career, actually, after that, so that it, we could stay in Southern California.
1: Yeah yeah so a hard-working guy and did you what did your mom sort of stay at home raise raise the children kind of thing or did she have
0: yeah for the first 10 12 years of my life she did she, she had four kids in four years uh four and a half years which is a lot i've got two and just imagining like she's a super mom she's like made of pure sugar and and rainbow she's just a wonderful wonderful human being. Uh, um, and, and she, uh, so she raised us. And then when we were about 10, 12 when we were in school, uh, she got a job mm. that was basically during the school day. So she, um, you know, she would be there in the mornings and be there when we got back from school. Mm. Um, and then, and as we got older, she turned into a full-time job, uh, eventually, but both very hardworking people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So y- your dad sounds a bit like my dad, actually hardworking, you know, salt of the earth, sort of person do anything for anybody and set 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 a good example that kind of mentality really
0: yeah, uh, absolutely my dad was a was a pretty like he came with a very tough upbringing now
1: mm.
0: kind of on the wrong side of the track so he had he had the hard work ethic and he wasn't a patient man he wasn't a, like he was a tough tough guy and so that you know i think my friends were a lot more intimidated by my dad than their own dad so.
2: <laughs> 'Cause yeah. he was
0: just he was just an intimidating big figure
2: yeah.
0: with with not a ton of patience growing up for children because yeah. he was working so hard and working on so many things. He would come home mm. and bring that stress home with him. Mm. And and God bless he's a, a wonderful human being. He's he's uh, he's definitely in my my top five like best friends, best people to be around, like outside of just being my father. Mm. Just a just um just wonderful to it's it's wonderful to have him in my life. And I'm so blessed. Mm. But growing up it was it was a tough tough run at it with him because he was he was working so hard coming home definitely didn't want to hear after a long day's work about how i got in trouble at school yeah <laughs> yeah you, you know what i mean yeah
2: yeah yeah so yeah
1: um, has that had an effect on how you bring your kids up
0: it does um it doesn't and, and because i i also got the hard work and like ethic instilled in me but I, it also has made me see the like i come with a lot more of my mom's tenderness as i as i try and approach them. But there's still that side of me, too. You know, nobody's perfect. Um, th- and I try and, and stay centered and being a parent, as everybody that is a parent understands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you have your, your moments of of when you, you wish you could have a redo uh, on certain <laughs> things, of course. But it makes it so that I want to be present with them. And, and, and that gets tough because, you know, running a business and being a parent, mm. they don't always uh, play harmoniously. And you have to make time. Yeah the business can consume all of your time and it certainly did for the first go
1: yeah um actually that's that's a good point because that's something that i'd really like to get into later on but i guess the um when you go into business you 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 have all these ambitions and goals and things but so when i went into business my my main thing was that i wanted to be able to use the business as a from a lifestyle perspective so that i could i could be with my my two daughters more if you see what I mean. And mm-hmm. that, that all comes back. That's the reason why I asked about your the question about your dad and, and, and the influence and stuff, because my dad was away a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want that for my two girls. So th- when I set up my business, I, I was really just motivated by the fact that it was to generate enough time for me to be able to spend with them, if you see what I mean. So that's that's kind of the thing. How does that, how does that sort of work for you?
0: So, did you have children when you started your business, Steve?
1: Yeah. So, or- my first, we have two girls. So, Sophia was four, and um, Olivia was uh, eighteen months. So, wow, yeah.
0: that's a that's an interesting, like that's a big jump and be yes. a leap of faith to take when you have a four and an eighteen month old.
1: It, it, it was. I have a very understanding wife. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, but no, Maria, Maria know. was all, all for it, but I just, I'm just, it's just interesting because I think obviously we've all got different motivating factors of, of why we do stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, do you find that when you set up the business was the, the, the trade-off the, the time with your family or, or, you know, without, I'm not trying to be judgmental or anything because we all do things in different ways and that's absolutely fine. But how did you, how did you manage that, that time at home?
0: So I, when I started the business, I was 23. And it was uh, before I, I knew uh, their mother, and bef- like way before I was even thinking about having children. Mm. And um, I started the business just after leaving. Uh, so I went to school, uh, started pre-med, wasn't for me, had to explained that to the folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, got into business information systems because I still love the science side of stuff, and I, and I love people.. Mm. And so business it was like a great place for me because it kind of put me in the middle of technology and people and uh, I got a large or a job at a large manufacturer myself and I saw and it was kind of funny because I didn't know that my dad <laughs> i didn't ask him I didn't know he, he was doing i t for large man and I saw like the mimic of my life with with his and then I saw you know my, my mid level manager and I saw myself in in cubicles and there was nothing wrong with it like it, but it just like there was something that my my soul wasn't being fed. I felt like I had more to give. I could have more of an impact. I don't know what it was, or but it ate away at me mm. to the point where I started like realizing I'm not happy and I'm not in a good place. I need to make a change, and 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 I did. And so one day I just I resigned. Yeah. Without knowing what was next, I just I, I just let it go, and um and and I didn't have an anything set up. I, I it was. stupid move i just knew in my heart that i i needed more yeah and so i started just working my butt off that's what i knew and i just started calling people on the phone book to see if they they had a you know does their company have it they're happy with and um i you know i was living at my mom's house i started like i started the company in her bonus room (laughs) uh which is you know like we had a pool table which was wonderful, and that became like the lab where I would build computers. <laughs> it was kind of funny awesome. uh, people would come over and they would just have my little so i my motivation was that I wanted to to be able to improve people's lives and and have more of an impact, and I didn't know what it was, but I just felt like the calling like I knew I could do this, and I enjoyed the heck out of it uh and it was easy for me because I came from this big corporate environment so two offices with 50 users a piece, like no problem. I could fix whatever problem you guys have. Mm. And it was really satisfying. And I just, uh, I enjoyed it and I got deeper into it. But as I did, I got deeper into the technology instead of learning how to run a business. And so that took me through a journey of 12 years of trying to be a good engineer Mm. And growing very with a bunch, like hiring a bunch of people, and I didn't know how to hire people. I didn't know how to get like jobs and accountability, and, and so I grew like this really chaotic business, mm. uh, which meant I didn't have as much time as I'd like for my kids. I even got to a point where my my son at one point said to me, "Dad, I don't want to have a business when I get older because then I won't have time to, to spend with my kids." Mm. And that uh, like stick a dagger in me. And mm. right? I'm being very open and vulnerable right now.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's
0: fine. Uh, and, and and so you know, we, we kind of like had to figure out, like, am, I don't want to like, to your point, I don't want to be that not there for my, my boys. Dad, like they are my, like, <laughs> they're so much of my reason for everything I do. And to hear that, that type of stuff is something, something had to change. So, uh, so I got deep into figuring out how to run a business. Uh, I just started reading books because I built a business that wasn't worth anything to sell, mm. <laughs> so I had to just try and fix it. So I, I spent the next four or five like years of just trying to unravel what I had done from a chaotic perspective and build a business that allows me to have a team that knows what they're like, knows what they're responsible for, gets satisfaction out of what they're successful for. Mm. Uh, that says that pushes me out to say, "Hey, go do what you do best, and yeah. we'll do like individually what we do best." And that's opened up more time for the family, but it, it came th- with a ton of pain, like mm. to try and go from that where I was to break everything down, to go from hundreds of clients down to 19. Uh, as we made a shift to realize what we were good at and then build it all up again with 24 employees down to eight was a terrible, excruciating experience because as, as an empathetic person, I like some people I had literally just broken from the chaos. Uh, and I had to help them find jobs. Others left because they didn't like the new way we were doing things with accountability, where they had to report that what they they did and what they're doing. Like the next day, like they just didn't like the direction of the company. Okay. <laughs> fair enough, but it was it was a heck of a journey. Yeah, to go through that to then um, build it so that I can now have a better impact on the people around me, not just for my family to be there more, but also for our employees and ultimately our clients.
1: Yeah, you know that's the thing, isn't it? It's um, first of all you had the courage to, at the age of 23, to, to go out and do something for yourself. See, that's, that's a massive, a massive thing for a young man to do or a young person to do, let alone, you know, start from scratch and hustle, you know, cause it sounds like you, you really did hustle for the, that first part.
0: A hundred percent. And, and I didn't have the support. So my pops is, is he's a company man. Yeah. So when I told him about what, like, hey, uh, left my job today, and I'm going to start. I'm not sure. I think I'm going to go into business with myself. Mm. Uh, not well received. Like, <laughs> what do you? What do you talk? Like, what have you done? I, I, like helped you get through college to get it to do, and now you're throwing it all away. And it's just like, no, I, I believe in myself. I gonna I can do this. Yeah, I'm going to do this. Mm. I, I went through a ton of soul searching, like t- during that period when I was really unhappy too, Steve. Like I, I want to understand, like what is our purpose as human beings. I just started getting deep into, like reading books, and I got into some Deepak Chopra and understanding like the seven spiritual laws of success. And and I think that's when I started really honing in that. I think he's got a quote that ninety ninety five percent of obstacles are perceived; they're just mentally like the obstacles. The other five percent are opportunities just waiting to be disco- discovered. Mm and And really took that as all right like we have a major problem. is this just something I'm making as a problem?
2: Mm.
0: how do i get, how do I work through this mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever physically, whatever it is and and these things that are real problems, where is the opportunity like mm. let's dig in and find it it's, uh, not so far from from your story of how you you've adapted, yeah yeah as you've gone from uh from an industry that was just decimated by the pandemic to figuring out. Something that that became an opportunity for you to spread, do what you do.
1: Yeah. Where? So, where does this entrepreneurial spirit come from, then?
0: <sighs> I don't know. I I, I can tell you that, like, as a person, if you ask me to do anything and say please, I will bend over backwards for you and do whatever <laughs> you ask. But as a child, if as soon as you tell me to do something, it's like I. I Why do I have to do? Like, explain to me the reason that this is required, or or that this law, or that blah blah blah. And maybe it's just like my own like personal programming because it's not from from my parents, and I didn't grow up around entrepreneurs. I just knew that, like, I I've always had like I've heard being second born has something to do with.
1: I (laughs) I see that
0: in in my (laughs) second,
1: where you challenge a little bit more. Yeah. Um, So when you were young, did you did you like? did you always have a job? Did you, did you mow people's lawns to earn some money? That kind of thing. Did you have that kind of spirit?
0: I was big in sports and I loved, uh, I love being team captain. Right. I love, uh, you know, trying to lead by example, Mm. uh, and be a great teammate. Mm. Um, and I would look for opportunities to make money, uh, where I could. Uh, but I was so like, I, I also like, I was so big in just like being around, uh, in my community and, and I would ride my bike to my nearest friends and, mm-hmm. and play basketball or, or play sports or, or hang out. And so, yeah, honestly, I, my, I, my parents thought I was super lazy growing up and they were, they were, they were more concerned that I wasn't going to, I was going to be like the not amount to anything kid that, uh, because it just, maybe because I, if you didn't say please, I would be like, well, why do I have to do that? Or, or I would have other things that I would want to do. And, and I would just like, well, shoot. I look at now my youngest, and it's like, "Hey, uh, clean the kitchen." They're like, ah. oh,
1: "Yeah, yeah," and I, I can't get that.
0: mad, <laughs> because I was the same way. It's like I, there's like I have things that I want to do and I'm passionate about doing, and great. But I, you know, see, I don't I don't know where it came from. I think it was just uh like the like part of it is purpose, yeah, and passion. Like I I know what I love and what what I have a gift at doing, mm. and I want to use that to help other people and the the biggest strongest way that i can
2: mm.
0: and for me that was whether i knew it at the time or not starting an it company and solving people's problems and then helping them be more efficient and more productive so they can get more done at work so then ultimately they could have a better life that drives me
1: yeah that's that's a purpose right there isn't
0: it uh that's what i get up out of bed like i don't i don't get tired no because of that right it's uh is it oxytocin is it there's one of those chemicals when you're doing something selflessly for other people that just drives down cortisol stress yeah. levels uh and and like i have a limitless supply of energy when it is focused on doing
2: that yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing
1: absolutely so when you went to university the university of southern california which even i've heard of um you didn't go into you weren't studying it or anything were you or were you so i start
0: i started um uh, I thought I wanted to be a doctor.
1: Okay. So immediately you've got your dad. He's going, Oh, wow. I'm so proud of you, son.
0: Yep. I've arrived. I made (laughs) it into, and I remember like he took me to a, a a Los Angeles Raiders game back when they were in LA back in the eighties. And we passed by. He's like, this is USC, son. Uh, if you get good enough grades someday, you can go here. And I was like, I'm going there. Yeah. I like, you're taking me to a game, uh, and like I remember that moment. Bo Jackson ran 96 yards that game uh, against the Bengals. Anyway, uh, so that was like my target. Like he yeah. put that in there, and I was like, "I'm I'm hitting that." And I thought uh, being a doctor would make them super proud.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: and so, I mean, that was a great job, a great career. Mm. And so, uh, and so I got good grades. It, like I didn't enjoy school because I can't stand sitting. For too long, but I I I got grades because I was I was inspired to like make it to that school and got in there with a the biology pre med major yeah and then after about halfway through the first semester I was like this is just not for me and as I started thinking like I I I don't like even blood no <laughs> How am I gonna be a doctor <laughs> some kid comes in the emergency room I'm gonna run out of there it's gonna be terrible so and, and it just you know. I'm a super social being and I love being around people. And, and in that major, it was much more, you know, nose in the books. And as I would like try and find uh, people to study with, even it was very like, it was a very like solo. Yeah. Uh, solo style, like learning method. It seemed like. And so, and so I, so I'd how was that out.
1: conversation with your dad and your, and, and your, with your parents? When you say, when you made that decision, what was that like? <laughs> It's not good, Steve.
0: <laughs> I think uh, so. I think it was. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm painting my poor pops into a bad light here. He's like, if you met him, you would like he'd be
2: your favorite person.
0: But I think he said at time, and this is all comes from fear of him worrying about me because, mm. you know, am, am I gonna like get through this? Am I gonna get in trouble? Like, because mm. I, you know, I got a little rebellious streak to me. Uh, am I gonna get through college? Because I, you know, I might be a little lazy. So he's just really worried about me. And and I think his response was like. You had this dream your whole life and now you're just going to toss it. Like, mm. what are you doing in school? I, I don't, cause I was off to school. I don't see a ton. Now I just hear from you and you're changing this stuff. Like mm. it is, you know, there's a moniker for USC standing for the university of spoiled children brought that up as, Ooh. uh, you know, are like you just like, and again, I just had to stand up for myself. Like one of the first times in my life, and just this, this is what's right for me. Yeah. Yeah. And That, that was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. but it started me becoming the individual to say that I can make choices. And as long as I make the choices where I'm going to dedicate myself, especially as it pertains to life decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah. I make the choice, I dedicate and I, I I do my best. Yeah. Then, then I can live with that.
1: Absolutely. And I think we've, I've had a similar situation with my eldest daughter. Okay. So she was going to study law and mm-hmm. we were like, proud as punch i mean we 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 are proud as punch of her anyway it's not a, that's not anything but studying law you know it's a great degree she did a year and then she said I'm, i don't I, i'm not enjoying it i don't see myself being a lawyer when i come out when i finish university i don't it's not what i'm about and it took took me a while to get my head round that that situation and and to really kind of understand the motivating factors of why she would make that decision and it was a pretty si- you know that's a big thing for somebody in in their late teens to decide. Actually, you know what? That isn't for me. I don't want to go down that path. I want to go. I'm I'm going to go down this path. And uh, you know, f- we, we talked about it, and actually, you know, it was the right decision because you wouldn't want to waste four years of your life, would you? At the end of the day,
0: exactly. So if you're not going towards what you're passionate about, and God bless her for that. So that's a fantastic to way way to find what you're passionate about like start figuring out what you're not passionate about what you don't like and that's a tough conversation for her to have with you like the, she's balancing like she doesn't want to let you down she loves you she wants nothing but your love back and it's it's difficult to like br- to like even have that conversation and make that decision so i f- i like I, I feel for both of you guys on that but you like as you support her to find her passion and get behind her uh, it's just going to drive her forward because that's what it and in in my journey, the more hon- once you figure out and get closer to it, things just start opening up for you. Yeah, and what I mean by that is like as you get into what you like closer to what what brings you joy, you start attracting more of that, and uh, and and then the right next steps will come. I I'm I wasn't a huge planner. I just knew that I, if I did the things that bring that, that help other people and, the, and i get a lot of joy and passion out of i would get that referral to that second customer and then the third and i would be a joy to be around so people want me to be around and i would do a good job at this stuff because i'm great at it because i devote my life to it so i'm providing a ton of value and as as you can work to identify that man then you like everything else just starts falling into place
1: oh yeah 100 100 and and interestingly you touched on a Something in the conversation, in your, what you just said earlier about about your dad saying, "Look, this is your this is a this is your target, this is your goal to go to USC," you know, and and that that planted a seed in your mind, and you were steadfast in your attainment of that of that goal. and And I just wondered, has that has that then fast forward, you know, a couple of years? Do you still use that concept in terms of setting targets and goals? And you know, are you are you goal orientated even now?
0: So when I first started the company in 2002, I was just hustling. And once I got to a point where I built it out of, like, where I couldn't scale it anymore because I've I had grown it further than I could deal with. Yeah, I had that this inflection point of how do I and and so I uh I think I, I mentioned earlier like I, I realized I had to build a better business. I had I had an employee breakdown. I just gave him a raise, and he started tearing up, saying, "Keep your raise, boss. This is this is too much." Yeah. And then I was like, "What what have I built here?" I'm supposed to be helping people. I'm tearing them apart. Mm. And so I, like, that was a point when I started reading business books and and I started with Good to Great and I got into some Pat Lencioni books and then uh, came across uh, eventually after the Rockefeller Habits, I got into a book called Tract. And I still have my book right here. It's handy uh, at all times and just held it up for you. I don't, I don't know why I'm holding it up on <laughs> no, a podcast. I know but, that book. I know
1: that book.
0: <laughs> And so I was like, Bam, that's it. Cause I have like a ton of energy that I, I like, I, like I said, I'm fueled by this passion. I have energy, but if you're spraying it all over the place, it's diluted. Mm. And, and so I just started getting deep into planning. So creating, what do I want? Where do I want to be life and business in 10 years? All right. What does it look like from a three-year plan to get to that target? Okay, What does the one-year plan look like to get to my three-year plan? What does my quarterly plan need to look like? What's the most important thing I need to do this quarter to then hit my, my one year goal to hit my three year and 10 year vision. And so uh, we just started doing that, and And I have it up on my window. I, I wrote it in a marker that used to be a dry erase marker, but now it's just permanently tattooed on my window because <laughs> it's been there so long. Of <laughs> uh, the date when we said this is our turning point, it was July 7th, 2014. And our turning point was when we started dedicating ourselves to business planning and strategy. And it took time because I yeah. had to undo what I did. But now, uh, every quarter, like our entire team is building these these goals that are leading towards the one year and every employee has their goals that they set. Without that, your energy goes into so many different places without like the intention that you're not going to get to where I wasn't able to get to where I wanted to go mm-hmm. at, at, at the pace I did. And man, did I try every... Like there is... It wasn't for a lack of, uh, of effort.
1: Yeah. So have you... It w- so, you took a bit of a risk really because there was, no, did you feel that there was, no, there's never any guarantee in business, obviously, but with that change in, in, and how you were approaching the business, did you feel that there was a, it was a, a, a risk worth taking or were there any doubts?
2: So, um,
0: so I knew and I felt this was the right, like I, I sensed it was like, okay, so if I stop doing all of these different, um, People would say, "Hey, we'd like a new phone system. Cool, I'm your guy. Hey, we want to migrate our email server to to Microsoft 365. Cool, I'm your guy. Uh, I'd like a new firewall. I'm your guy. And maybe if I show you my service, then um, you'll sign up to our monthly service, which is where we become your IT department. And so I would take any any size, any contract, anything, and um, and I, I realize that if unless I like have so I." I created a checklist of, is setting up a new user uh, documented properly? Little things that no monitoring tool can tell you, right? Does it include a welcome letter to present and say, welcome to the company? Because you get one chance to make a first impression. Uh, Here's all your applications you're going to need. Here's how to access your email remotely. Here's how to contact us. If you have any questions, we're thrilled to work with you. Welcome aboard, right? And so I I wanted this checklist uh, for every client so that we can create this experience because that's when our clients love us. Yeah, And when we don't do that, the feeling is not love. Uh, people typically don't call us to say, thank you for doing a great job. They, they call us when there's a problem, Yeah, right? And, and so when we're able to fix it quickly because we know everything, it, it happens quickly. So, so I, I realized that and I was like, okay, I'm going to have a, a defined role in our organization that's going to uh, go through this checklist, another role that's just going to create a strategy based on this checklist. And if I do that, I'm going to have a great client experience. So I know that's what I need to do. So I'm going to stop doing anything else other than that, and I'll still do the phone system and all these other things if we're doing that because I know we're going to be able to do a great job. And if I put in a new piece of networking equipment, the guy that's on the East Coast, I'm going to make sure that he can sign in to do to run his sales and get hit the CRM software. And I don't need to get all techie on you, but once I figured out that that was what was going to make a great relationship and be able to truly help people. I just went straight for it. I was like, all right, I got to stop doing all this other stuff. We went from 300 clients, like I was saying earlier, down to 19 that that said, mm. okay, we'll, we'll subscribe. Cause it, it came like that process took time. That time took, like, I knew our minimum was $3,000 a month for us to do that. Yeah. And so people that were paying us 200 told me to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. It's not nose kid. I knew you when you were 23. Now you're too big for your britches. Why don't you, why don't you take this idea? And it's like, I'm not saying that. I just want to hit your expectations so you're not yelling at me. I don't yell at you. Well, you yelled at us two weeks ago because of this 13-year-old computer was having issues. And I I want to get ahead of that and and tell you here's a budget, and a strategy, so you can plan these things out. And Mm. it takes time. All right. So I'm not interested in paying that kind of money. Okay. So I helped off-board extra work to help people find a new IT company. I did it for free because I wanted to help them out. So then we we eventually got to a point where we stabilized. I lost the first two quarters of that transition. We went deep into debt. My employees were not happy. I lost I had, you know went from 24 employees down to dwindled down to to 12 and eventually eight at our lowest point. So the culture was taking a hit, but I felt I knew what we were doing was the right thing for the clients and it challenged me because I was going into debt to try and do the right thing. I was concerned about our longevity, uh, which then, you know, you're up at night as a business owner. The story starts, you know, ran in your head. Well, what happens if if this doesn't work out? And then are you going to lose the house? And are your kids going to be on the street? And I'm I'm great. I'm going to have homeless kids. And it's like this great story, you know. That music starts playing, uh, and it keeps you up at night. And and you just got to stop that noise, like stop the music. Yeah, that dance is over. This is the right thing. Power through it. Uh, your goal, like this is going to make it so you can help people at a better, in a better capacity. Mm. And the first quarter was a massive loss. Second quarter was a loss of about half that. Uh, I was getting into every last bit of debt I had. And then I just started, started seeing an uptick and then we didn't lose money. And then we started making a little bit of money because it was leveling out. And we slowly but surely started building a business with the with with real roles and real accountability and people knowing what they were supposed to do. And I could give them accolades for being successful at it. It felt better. And so um, it was gut wrenching having to to tell tell clients that that were upset about me trying to help them by giving them what not what they think they need, but what they really needed to have the, the to meet their expectations. Having conversations with employees, having them leave and on not good terms for some having great employees that were there from the get-go having to help them find jobs. Yeah. Because I, I, they dedicated everything to me, but they, like I just burned them out from all that chaos for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. See, I do not wish that on
1: anybody, but equally, it sounds like your tenacity and even more. So your belief actually is something that, struck me when you were talking that that level of belief that you had in your ability the way that and and your vision for how you wanted the business really really got you through that
0: yeah once I painted the picture I'm going to USC or I painted the picture I'm going to have nothing uh, but a client experience of this and all of our clients are going to have this and they're going to be after we meet with them, they're going to stand up and clap and say, thank you so much. Mm. <laughs> like I had that picture. I knew I just had to do whatever I could to get there. Cause I believed that that was like, that's where we're going. And that's the picture that I'm going to experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and and that really is at the core of there's nothing stopping anybody from doing anything they want to. And I know that sounds crazy. Like it's so easy to say that, But once you like have that picture and you, and you just believe that you can, you like,
1: what stops you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I totally, I'm totally with you. And the other thing that I would, I'm sort of thinking about when you were talking about that is that when you, your mindsets changed. Okay. In, in 2014, your, your whole mindset changed and your whole kind of attitude about the business changed to the point where it's, you know, there's a phrase actually it says that you sometimes you just got to get rid of the good to be able to get the great and it strikes Mm -hmm. me that you you've just been attracted with that change in mindset although it was hard right at the beginning but it means that you're attracting a different type of client to the business somebody and their clients that really appreciate and value you and i think Mm -hmm. that's that's a massive thing isn't it because prior to that you were probably trying to do so much for these clients and they weren't valuing what you were doing
0: and, um, and we had the clients we worked with were good people. They were in different places of their journey, but the ones that truly value their people, they see us as an investment now, where we're helping make their people better, and they realize the benefit of that, mm. which is completely aligned to what makes us happy, to our passion, and they let us do our thing, and then they they see the returns on not just culture. But once you get your cults, like if if we're introduced to an organization, say, hey, all staff meeting, w- we see all the work that you guys are putting in, and we want to invest in you further so that we can help you do better, like do more with less mm. stuff, yeah. so that you can you can get more stuff done because we believe in you. We want to give you the tools, we want to give you the training, so that you can get out of here a little bit earlier every day, mm. so you can get not just your work done, but then you can have a little bit more work-life harmony. And, um, and and at the end of the day, we believe in you. You are our product. You you are what make this company great. And so we're going to do whatever we can to support you. So we brought in this company that's going to do just that. Yeah. Um, that starts that chain of mm, I'm believed in. Mm. Uh, I'm going to show you what I can do back with the right person. You got to have the right person in your organization, right? but you that the organization is now attracting that person. Yeah. And once you have that culture that's all pushing towards if you have a good culture that's working towards a common vision, if you're sharing your vision with them and we're coming in to support achieving that mission more enjoyably, faster, everybody wins, right? Yeah. So we're attracting that 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 person that has that abundance mindset that's investing in their people because they understand that there's a dramatic return in that. And that's where we want to be like, that's, that's, that's the fun spot. So,
1: no, I think what you're doing is you're attracting, you're attracting companies with a similar culture value. And I think that's where the sin, that's where the synergy works, isn't it? And I love that. I really do. Obviously it's a, it's a, it's quite a crowded marketplace, isn't it? And I think this, obviously that's your standout key, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. There's
0: no barrier to becoming an IT company. I did it when I was 23, Mm. just started calling yellow pages. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 22, 23. I don't know. It was 2002. Uh, there's no reason why anybody can't become an IT, yeah. <laughs> an IT company. Yeah. If you're passionate about it, like by all means, and and everybody's proactive and everybody helps you focus on your, and so the, and everybody's going to give you security. We've turned the corner on that because that was our, that was, we were offering reliability and security. But as we started realizing again coming back to what our our purpose and passion are yeah we're, we're in the business of human productivity yeah and and that's why people do business because IT you can upgrade a system to requirements does that mean people use it
2: mm.
0: not not at all just because you've got Microsoft Teams installed on your computer that is uh, it happens by default yeah having a strategy that uses Microsoft Teams to build your culture so that it's a better place to work that's the art. And that's really where we've turned our focus because that's where the biggest return is for, that's what it was for our company when we mm. started doing it. And, and as we exp- explored and experienced that, that's what we started realizing we should do for others is help them get to the art of IT where it intersects. I don't know when it was when it went from IT being the guys that the business people came to and they had conversations about, hey, can we're doing this task, can we automate? And the programmers would be like, yeah. <laughs> or no, it can't do that. But here's another workaround and they they talked and they connected instead of now, you know, there's there's a scapegoat of, well, I set up the system to security or to requirements and business saying, Well, that's not the business requirement. So this project's a failure because of IT. And they're like, No, you just didn't tell me.
1: Instead yeah, yeah. of
0: this collaborative approach of let's figure out what we need to do to to make the business better.
1: Yeah, no, it sounds amazing. I love that. And there's um there's an African phrase. I obviously you you don't know this, but Africa has played a massive part in my life and I I it's a continent that is I feel spiritually at home whenever I go there. And um they have a phrase it's called ubuntu and and it literally means I am because you are and it's a very holistic way um of promoting harmony and kindness and community and, and, and great spirit. And I feel that, I feel that you have unconsciously built this kind of Ubuntu culture in your, in your business. Um, and it's, it's really, That's it's awesome. really amazing. I love it. So, you know, I, I also think that everything happens for a reason. And one of my questions was going to be go back to when you were 23, what would you do differently? And I, I'm not going to ask that question because actually it's not a very good question. Because if you hadn't have done what you did at 23, you wouldn't have built up that sort of experience and you wouldn't be where you are now. And you wouldn't have had that occasion to think, actually, do you know what? I need to re-engineer things here and I need to not do what I'm doing and, and, and have the foresight and, and um, wisdom and, and courage really to, to change. So I'm not going to ask that question, but what I would like to ask is in the process, that you've just gone through, what are, what were the what were the pain points for you? What what did you have to overcome, you know, personally and, and from a business perspective to get to where you're at now?
0: There, there's a few things there, Stephen. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that a little bit as I as I try to explain them. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the business follows the person uh, from a health perspective. And as you go through the ebbs and flow of your life, because there's peaks and valleys in life. Period. Right? And and what's the the peaks are nice. What do they say? The, the the sweet wouldn't be as sweet without the the sour. You're gonna go through the ups and downs, and you're not gonna understand the reason for the downs until later when the opportunity is fully discovered. Um, just keep that in mind when you're going through it. And, and so the business mimics that, and and. As you focus too much in one area of your life, whether it's the business, and you're sacrificing your own personal health, or uh, you focus more on your personal, health, like without that taking care of yourself, uh, which means stepping away from time to time so that you can have like the space to see things, mm. the business will fall. So take care of yourself is 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 uh is one of the things that I would I would come to and and just you know like the, I'm sure it's cliche to say enjoy the. The journey and 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 whatnot, but the like the journey is what like going through the pain is what has allowed like that is my experience. I don't have a, a like, and maybe I should go back to college, but I feel like I'm getting a damn college degree by going through these pain points to say I got to figure something out. Hmm. And by God, everything he needs and somebody's already written a book about it in graphic detail. And um, I didn't. I tell people I didn't really learn to read until I was in my 30s. And what I mean by that is I, I was a very slow reader. I would I would uh, say every word in my mind. And I I started learning how to speed read. And I'm not a speed reader, but a dramatically increased number of words I could read per minute. I, I downloaded an app called Spreeder. I'm not trying to give a shout out or a plug for anything, but there's a million different apps that are out there that yeah. just... It's not a talent you're born with. It's a skill that you can acquire mm. and develop. And as I did that and I started consuming more books because I wasn't trying to read every word and then my, my mind would get bored and I'd start thinking about something else and then like, gosh, dang it, now I got to come back and reread the past three pages. Mm. Uh, I, would, I would then um, take in more books and I would start getting in, like, enjoyment and understanding all of the amazing amount of insight. Any question that you have, there's a book about it that breaks it down. And if you just read ten pages a day, you'll get through a three hundred page book in a month, right? And so it's like anything else. It's like um, you know I'm super curious. Not I'd rather watch the Lakers, the Dodgers on TV than than read a book, traditionally speaking. But uh, as I started to learn how to read and take things in better, it opened up this whole world of answers that I didn't know were there that were life-changing and have yeah. been life-changing. So, so take the opportunity to, if, if you're not a reader, which I, I was in sophomore year, I was classified as a non-reader by my, my teacher, which was not a knock at all. It was just like identifying that I'm not good at it, and get better. And once you do, just by practicing how to read faster and take yeah, words yeah. in faster, there's so much to be had. All right, I'm done beating a dead horse on that.
1: That's right. No, I mean, so you know, your back's against the wall. What sort of what sort of advice would you give to somebody um, who's experiencing issues? If you were like a mentor or a coach, and they came to you and said, "Look, I'm I'm really struggling here. What I'm back's against the wall. Uh, I need to do something." What would you say?
0: Go deeper on that. So, back's against the wall from a a life perspective. Uh, I've got a personal problem. With back's against the wall from a business perspective, where I'm not sure what 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 our, like. We're financially in a bad place. What were you honing that well, in,
1: well, well, yeah, okay. I'm going to be specific. I'm going to say personal, right?
0: <clears throat> I found a lot of help, but uh, I had a bunch of coaches, and, uh, and it wasn't doing it for me. Uh, they were actually leading me further away because it doesn't take much. There's not, not a ton of certifications to be a coach okay. <laughs> as well. At least there wasn't back then. And I found uh, I was recommended to a therapist was subpar and it turned me off completely to it, and then got to a, a, a low point in my life, and then uh, was referred to a therapist that was absolutely amazing. Because uh, there's good and bad. Mm. If you're at a low point in your life, having somebody that's a professional that can help you unpack the deeper issue,
2: because
0: mm. le- like the the sim- the issue is usually not the issue. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a symptom of the issue, and as you can have the courage to dig deep into that, like what that core issue is, the symptoms work themselves out.
2: Hmm.
0: And so I, so I am a big fan of seeking a professional and finding somebody that, and being just because they're a therapist or a psychiatrist or whatever, doesn't mean they're good or good for you is probably a better way to put that. So finding a uh, therapist, that's almost like a partner in your journey that can help you, show you and help you navigate how to live your healthiest uh, and get the best results would be my from a personal standpoint would be my recommendation
1: Mm. and from a business perspective you know when you were up against it what what did you turn to there um
0: i eventually found a mentor that had been successful uh doing what i do that helped start uh guiding me and and sharing with me so look and find that and then Find ways to get into that circle, whatever it is, to ask questions that can then help guide you. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, most of us aren't in an, an original business, right? And and even if you are, and you have that idea that's transformative, there's other businesses that have had transformative ideas that have changed and disrupted industries and whatnot that you can. Uh, mm. and, and people like sharing. Yeah, yeah, like if you go talk to them and you're genuinely interested, they'll, you'd be surprised what they're willing to share if you're not coming at them trying to sell them something or. You know, or, 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 or take their time for anything, uh, people do want to share. So find that. And then, you know, like, as you get that step back
2: mm.
0: and build your vision, mm. like build your, like figure out where you want to go. I, I'm a big fan, fan attraction. Right. So, I, and I, I, I'm not affiliated with them in any, any way, but it changed my life. Mm. Uh, read that book. Mm. You know, if, if you have under 500 employees, the blueprint is there. It's literally a blueprint that you could follow to build a wonderful business that incorporates the vision, incorporates all the things you need to, to start, start getting out of it and having it build itself.
1: Yeah. When you was like with your mentor though, did you suddenly realize that actually you had all the answers, but you just, you just weren't being asked the right questions or you weren't asking the right questions of yourself, but you still had the, you had the right answers actually. (sighs) like you knew what to uh, do my, men-
0: my mentor shared a framework that uh which it, i didn't have the answers i was just doing what it like oh i got some idea i'll go do this oh here's another shiny toy that i'm getting sold a product that's going to do xyz and, and oh that didn't work but here's another one that's going to help with this and you just stack on all of these shiny toys which is the business journey right yeah we have a problem and so we get some sort of tool or software that solves the problem mm. and it's not the software it's 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 not the tool, it's the process. And he shared with me, like how to create the process. Mm. And as I understood that, I was like, and having a bit of a scientific mind, I was like, and, or more maybe an analytic mind, I was like, ah, so I can, that process means that I can not just fix IT problems, I can create a user experience. Like yeah. I can have a checklist that says, does the user welcome letter, cr- like say this line in it that makes people feel welcome. You know, or or whatnot, so, and then I just took that further. It's like, how can I create a process uh, that helps people learn how to use this platform so that they can save a hundred minutes a week on this type of of a function, and 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 just expanded on the limitless potential of the framework that he laid out for me. So so he shared that because he was super successful, and he scaled because he had a process and a system, mm-hmm. and then I incorporated that into. Um, that became where traction is the operating system that I run my business. Mm-hmm. That framework became like the application of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you became, you're a student again, almost. I mean, we're always learning. I don't know that we ever,
0: yeah, I don't know that we ever,
1: <laughs> what
0: is it? You're either knowing or you're growing, Yeah, uh, but you're not doing both. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm and just saying that sounds like I know.
1: <laughs> but yeah, but interestingly though, you, you know, when you're involved in, when you're doing something that you really enjoy, you do anything. You know that that you know getting back to when you were in in school and you said that you were you know a slightly lazy that that certainly isn't coming across now because you're doing something you're really passionate about. Yeah, I mean, what
0: I was lazy, quote unquote, because I didn't like doing things, right? Uh, but but I got my homework done. Yeah, like in twenty thirty minutes, and I got like because I wanted to get outside and play with my friends.
2: Yeah, right.
0: It was, it was time like there's still some sun left. We're gonna go outside and play basketball. Mm. So, uh, but did I want to wash the car? No, <laughs> No. not at all. And so, and that's it. Like, I was passionate about doing, like, playing basketball with my friends. So I would get everything I needed to do as quickly as I could to go do that. Yeah. Which, from a parent's perspective, is totally understandable. Like, this kid doesn't do, like, he's not helping me around the house. He's a son of a gun. I just cook and clean and fed and, like, yeah. uh, you know, like, put a roof over his head and want a little bit of <laughs> bringing it back for him. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. So I think to to bring it all back, finding your passion, huge. Have some grace as you go down the journey of discovering what that is. Because if you would ask me, you know, when I was twenty three, what am I passionate about? I, was like, I don't know. <laughs> How do I figure that out? I, I like doing stuff, and I, I don't know what it is yet. Just look towards it, and it'll come to you. Like figure out what you don't want to do, right? And have some grace as you're figuring that out, and then. Having that vision of where you want to go, painting it and working towards it, and chopping it up to bite size, like bring it back ten years to three year to one year to quarterly to what do I got to? What's the most important thing I got to do today to to get to where I want to go? And and then as you as you go on the journey and, and stuff happens, which it will. just Keep in mind that 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 quote from our buddy Deepak that ninety five percent of those obstacles are perceived; the other five percent are just waiting to be converted to an opportunity when you're ready.
1: And, yeah, absolutely. Uh
0: and that that is I guess that that I would sum up that that would be the <laughs> I don't know that that would be wisdom but that that w- that's been what my journey has been that that I would offer is a, a, to share with with anybody that would want to that would find value in listening.
1: No, there's lots of value there. Um Tony there really is. Would you say that you're an optimist? Oh, got to be. I uh Hundred percent. And while I'm
0: not perfect, and sometimes I get into, it, my wife left to nudge me and be like, and and give me a little careful what you're attracting right now. It's like ah, I'm a, I'm a, not just a half full guy. There, there's always an opportunity that's just waiting to happen and waiting to be discovered. Mm. Um, even when it seems like things aren't going your way.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. So it, wouldn't it be
0: cool if you could just like fast forward your mentality during the tough parts to when you do find the opportunity to be like, all right, cool. I'm going to like, this really sucks. Uh, it seems like it sucks, but something good's going to come out of this. So I'm going to, I'm going to not stress about this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Be wonderful.
1: I mean, look, uh, I, 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 have seen a coach, um, for, for a few years and she is incredible. But what Louise is one of the first things she always used to say is that everything happens for a reason right and if you if you really sort of break that down that just releases so much stress and tension because actually you put so much pressure on yourself thinking oh you know actually this i'm really i'm really worried about this and that and the other but actually if you just say look everything happens for a reason let's just get on with it and and there's always opportunities so you know that that's that's really helped me i have to say and 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 we don't know what's good or what's bad
0: Mm. right so uh i love like and i'm gonna condense it the heck out of it but uh, story of a story of a father had a horse, his son was riding a horse, uh, bucked him off of it, hit the ground, broke his leg. And you would perceive that to be terrible. Kids, 18 years old, busted his leg, horrible situation at first glance. Next day, the military comes and says, hey, it's the draft. We're drafting your son to war. Oh, he's got a broken leg. He can't go into war and and i'm uh and, and so that like there's as, as a father you never want to hear like your son's going to go into a bloody war obviously mm-hmm. but you could see how um like you don't know what's good or what's bad at the moment no like it, it it's to be determined yeah and when you think about what you're putting out is what you get back and and i don't know that that's you want to say it's karma but it's also like <laughs> you look at deep physics and quantum theory and and that holds true yeah, yeah. Like on different sides of the universe, there's an equal and opposite. So when you put in that perspective and you have a situation, um, you don't really know the benefit that's that's coming your way out of mm. what could be perceived as bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And
0: keeping your mindset in the right place to attract what you hope for.
2: Yeah.
1: Is important. So And so and if, what are you looking to attract? Figure that out, Yeah. no. Sorry. sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you there. Um, what are you looking to attract? What are are your goals and aspirations then just to sort of finish off on? Um, yeah, I, I I
0: want to continue to attract people in my life that want to invest in other people. And so I can continue to hit my purpose and passion in a, in a greater, and I don't, I don't know if that's ego or selfish, but I, I, and, and it's not business related. Because m- money comes as a re- like that's just a benefit of doing what you love and what you're great at when you're especially when you're helping people. Mm. But I get like a lot of joy out, out of and so I want to send out to the universe my desire to reach anybody that wants to make their people better in business because that is what my gift is and and help them have a better a better place for their employees where they can invest in them and get a tremendous return on their investment in their people and uh, there's nothing like it. Uh, When we do, so uh, for instance, we have our, every Tuesday, we have our Teams Tuesday and we do training. And when I hear, and it's open to everybody, all of our clients, but I open it to the world. When I hear the thank you and oh my gosh, I wish I would have known about that. That would have saved me so much time. But now I know about like this feature because there's so much, it's productivity software. There's so much you could do to make your life easier and to automate and to not. And so when I hear that, like there is no better feeling in the world, save uh, my wife and children saying, I love you, dad, or I love you, honey. Um, that's what drives me. So I want to spread that and do that uh, and continue doing that globally.
1: Oh man, that's awesome. I love that. And actually, interestingly, you, that your, your pitch and your voice just goes up an octave when you start talking about that stuff. It's really cool. You're really passionate <laughs> yeah. about it, and you got to be passionate about it because you know what—if you—if you're not, then you know life's too short. You know, so you just got to yeah be passionate about and 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 do and love what you do. And I mean, it's been a, a really uplifting conversation, Tony. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and um, thanks for coming on the show.
0: It It is 100% been my honor. I, I, I'm filled with gratitude, Steve. Wonderful show, and I, I couldn't be happier to be a part of it.
1: Oh, bless you. That's really kind, mate. And I'm really glad that we've been able to connect. You know, uh, I, I look forward to uh, hearing more about how, you know, your success in the future and um, and, and maybe come back on the show in a, in a year or so's time and, and uh, we can have a conversation about how well things are going.
0: I'd love that. And likewise.
1: Oh, bless you. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Thanks for coming on the show. Take care. Didn't I say that Tony's a great guest and I I hope that you take away some of the incredible thoughts and insight that he shared with us on the show. I would strongly urge you to connect with Tony. I'll leave all of his details in the show notes. And I really love hosting the podcast. It brings me infinite joy and I'm so grateful to you for listening. Please do share the podcast if you can. And of course, subscribe and leave any feedback or reviews. They are always appreciated. So until next time, stay well, stay happy. And of course, don't be shy to say you're an optimist. Take care.